time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Thanks for joining us for another Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Walter Storholt here alongside Glenn Mosseller, registered financial consultant and the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting here in Greensboro on Muir's Chapel Road. Check them out online by going to greensbororetirement.com if you haven't already visited the site, although that may be where you're listening to the show from. Uh, greensbororetirement.com, again, the place to go there. Coming up on today's podcast, we're going to talk about those three worlds of money, those uh, three different types of uh, investments, those three different types of ways to save. Uh, again, the three worlds of money, kind of a good way to umbrella these things. And uh, you can even just call it the three different models of uh, you know financial planning, I guess, Glenn. We're talking about the banking world, the insurance world, and the Wall Street world. And we're going to break down the pros and cons of each and exactly what we mean here. So let's start off with, I don't know, this is arguable, Glenn, but maybe the easiest one, that would be the banking world. Tell us a little bit about what we need to know the ins and outs of the banking world when it comes to planning for our financial future. Well, Walter, you know, when, you, when you're thinking about, you know, money that's in the bank, obviously, first, some, some of the first things that come to mind is, is that you're really liquid money that you need right away, like your checking account and, you know, and possibly a savings account that, that's there for, you know, for, you know, absolute emergencies that you need to have, you know, liquid ready and, and, and you don't need to, go, you know, go transfer money here and there. It's just right, right there available. The checking account, you know, you're going to have a lot of, you know, your bill paying and those types of things are going to go from there if you've got direct deposits flowing in and then, of course, expenses going out. Typically, you know, I mean, year, many, many, many years ago, folks would, you know, put money into CDs and they would say, hey, you know, I can be really safe. I've got the FDIC behind me and I can make a lot of interest here, you know, when interest rates were significantly higher. But in today's environment, they're obviously not. So that's kind of changed the world a little bit. And so you really want to think long and hard about, you know, keeping lots of money sitting there, because if you're making one percent or less, you know, you're really falling behind with inflation. Yeah, it, it's so interesting to look at the the banking world, especially with the that inflation, because you view it as safe. You know, the banking world that just jumps out to me as safety, right? But inflation, you know, that's more dangerous than people realize when you're losing money safely. Oh well, no, that there's no doubt about that. the other, The other side of the coin is is that a lot of times folks think, well, you know, I can't I can't really keep anything there because it's not it's not earning me anything, and and that's not really the right answer either because. You know, you, you just because it's not earning a lot doesn't mean that you don't want to have ready cash for, you know, for an emergency. And you need to have some money sitting there so that you're able to access it quickly and easily. And so, you know, you have to you have to really you know, determine how much money is that for you. Typically, you know, the idea of around six months of reserves is, is, is kind of a rule of thumb. But for some people, it might be a little bit more and some people it might be a little bit less. But, um, you know, it, it's something that you definitely want to think about and you want to make sure that you're utilizing not just for your checking account. You want to have some other you know, ready money that's that's there just in case. Any other nuggets or items we should be aware of when we're talking about the banking world? Well, you know, I mean, you, you definitely want to know that, you know, where the FDIC limits are, right, of, you know, the $250,000, okay. you know, per account and how it's titled. Normally, most folks are not going to keep that much money in a bank account. But at the same time, you know, it's something to, to definitely be aware of. You know, I, I have seen accounts where, you know, they, they exceed that. And, and then, of course, you know, it's a, it's a good idea to, you know, possibly use a couple different banks or maybe title the account differently. But, you know, for the most part, you know, the banking world is there for liquidity, especially in today's environment. Now, it looks like we're going to start to have uh, rising interest rates. 
you know, on a more consistent basis, but we're still quite a ways away from, you know, from folks thinking in terms of utilizing CDs for, you know, for really making a lot of interest. Yeah, CDs used to be able to, what, make over 10% return on your money in a CD. Now inflation was through the roof during those times, but, uh, and even though things are going up, you don't see that necessarily really changing the the banking paradigm, at, at least in the short term. No, I mean, you know, obviously, I mean that you know the bank, the bank is going to be tied to the interest rate of the day, and so as we as we look at that, we we you know we can tell that that it's certainly beginning to rise, but we're still a ways away from you know having that be a you know significant way of of earning you know lots of interest. Um, you know, I mean, I, I talk to people all the time, and you know they're they're you know they, a lot of times they're you know they're really upset about you know what the bank is paying them. And, you know, it's 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 just it's just that way. It's unfortunately that that that's the world we're living in. And so, you know, you have to think in terms of well, where else can I put my money if I'm if I'm wanting to uh, to utilize, uh, you know, some safe possibilities. But just always be thinking in terms of the bank is the most liquid, easiest. You can literally walk into the branch, you know, and then walk out with cash in your hand within five minutes or however long it takes you to go through the line. So that's something that's a value for a certain portion of your money. Again, these are sort of those three worlds of money. The first is the banking world, and it's one that we're all familiar with and have certainly had some involvement with. The second world is the insurance world. And Glenn, what are the good and bad that we find in that model? Well, you know, Walter. I mean, a lot of times folks think in terms of when we're looking at insurance and we're and we're looking at you know the the money and and, and how to place money and, and put it in quote unquote investments or position it so that you can access it or grow it. And you know, there's there's a couple of places within the insurance world that we can look to, and that's uh, life insurance and annuities. And you know, some folks have certain ideas about well, what does that mean? You know, you know, some people people will tell you, well, I don't need life insurance anymore. I, I needed that a long time ago when I was working and so forth. And that might be true, but it might also be true that there might be a need, you know, later on in life that there might be a, you know a pension that's going to get reduced or go away. Or we certainly know that Social Security, if you're married, you know, when one person passes away, the survivor benefit is the larger of the two, and the smaller um, check goes away. So sometimes we need to replace. Some income there. The other piece of the puzzle is annuities, and annuities um, are can be a very useful tool. They can also be something that if uh, if they're not put in the in the puzzle right or your individual puzzle, then they they might not be a good fit. But they certainly can be a good fit for for certain situations. Realistically, you know, we think in terms of you know utilizing annuities for you know where we know that we can protect ourselves from downside risk of the markets, and also in th- in terms of if we want either immediate or maybe future income benefits that we know that are going to be there and last through time, and so that that can be a very useful tool. And you know, sometimes you know when when you do an in, you know retirement income analysis and you take a look at you know well, well do do we have enough income that we know is going to be there? And sometimes there's a gap and and one of the easiest ways and to think about is, is well, how can we fill that gap where we know that we're going to have reliable income through time? And one of the things that we need to look at and explore is, is whether an, an annuity is the right fit. And like I say, sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. There's, there's really no such thing as a one-size-fits-all. But, you know, and, and there's obviously there's lots of different products and lots of different companies out there. And some some are better than others for particular needs and, and, and so forth. So you really need to explore that with your advisor and make sure 
that um, you know if you if you are considering an annuity, you know is it is it serving a specific purpose and is it giving you protection from downside risk with a certain portion of your money? And also, do you need either immediate or future income benefits that you know will be there and will last? And and those are really the places that we would that we would really start to think about whether an annuity is the right fit or not. I guess this is a problem with all three of these worlds, and we'll get to the Wall Street world in a moment, but the banking world, insurance world, Wall Street world, all three of them, I feel like a common problem is probably that you're running into where people are way overloaded into one world or the other. They've got way too much money in the bank, uh, you know, not doing enough work for you, or you've got too much money in the insurance world. Maybe you've been oversold an annuity or something like that. And then, of course, the Wall Street world, you're going to have a lot of people who have way too much money at risk in the stock market. And we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But is that an accurate kind of, of thought process here that the, the, the danger here is being too overloaded in one world or another? Oh, there's no doubt about it, Walter. You know, I mean, then, and that's a lot of times that happens. You see that, you know, and when I when I sit down with somebody for the very first time, you know, there's um, there's a lot of times it's it's not there's not a lot of balance there, and and you really need to think in terms of well, you know, what what are your goals and what are we trying to accomplish, and and also what are your needs, and very oftentimes it, it's like you say it's 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 out it's out of balance where you know maybe you know they you know some someone's thinking in terms of well there's really not any value for me to be thinking about that and they just they just put it off to the side and they don't really think about it and unfortunately the the reality is is that you know you just don't know what you don't know and that's the old you know that that knowledge tree thing where where you say you know well you know I know what I know and then there's certain things that you know a little bit about and you know that there's probably some things that you could learn about but then there's those blind spots where there's just simply things that are just outside of your awareness. And a lot of times that that can happen within the insurance world because insurance has uh, changed a lot over the years. And there's a lot of different um, possibilities and benefits that are there and in, in not only annuities, but also life insurance products. You know, you see now that a lot of life insurance products are carrying long-term care benefits, you know, within them or critical care benefits inside of them where folks can access, you know, that that out of their death benefit, you know, if they if they have a need in long-term care, which, you know, a lot of folks just are completely unaware of that. Or, you know, sometimes you'll see in an annuity product where there's the ability to have increasing income through time and still possibly have a death benefit where, you, you know, you don't have to sacrifice all the money to the insurance company. So there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle and there's a lot of different products out there. And if you haven't visited that, you know, recently, it might be well worth, you know, taking a look and, and exploring, you know, what's going to be the right fit for me and, and do, I, do I have the right balance between these three worlds of money? That's a great point. We're talking with Glenn Mosseller here on the Retirement Roadmap podcast today about the different three worlds of money, banking, insurance, and last but not least, Glenn, the Wall Street world. What are the pros and cons of, of being in that world? Well, you know, Walter, I mean, you know, especially now with this market being up since you know, we hit bottom back in 09. And so now we're, we're into the ninth year of, of this move to the upside, which is an extraordinarily long time. I mean, a typical market cycle is on average about five to seven years. And so obviously, you know, when, when, thing, when things are moving higher, you know, there can be a lot of appreciation there and, and you can see your account grow. But obviously on the other side of the coin is, is <laughs> it, you've got a risk. Everybody still remembers what happened in, in 2000 and 2001 with a dot-com you know, boom and bust. And then also, of course, in 2008 with the financial crisis. And so, you know, you've got to be thinking about, you know, well, what's the risk reward when you're when you're either you know, moving close to retirement or you're already in retirement? 
And that, you know, that sometimes it's, it's very easy to get complacent with what they see going on. And, you know, they, they like the idea of, of making money. Of course, everybody does. But the, the challenge is, is that, you know, you're, you know some, a lot of times I see folks who are carrying a lot more risk than what they need to or what they what they ought to be, you know, and and that's then that's really the key. And in, in terms of balancing, you know, I see sometimes when folks come in for the first time and they've got, you know, everything, you know, in the markets, which is, you know, sometimes it's that, that's OK in, in certain situations, but it's normally not necessarily OK to have you know, everything at a really high risk level. And then that's something that needs to be explored. And, you know, and you need to think in terms of rebalancing from time to time and, and making sure that the, the amount of risk you have is the is the appropriate amount. And you're fully aware of how much risk you're taking. Well, the risk is obviously going to be the essential question there, Glenn. And, and you know, how do you how much risk is too much risk? And, uh, you know, but, but how do we make sure that we're, we're not being too conservative in our portfolio for where we are in life? And I know that, you know, that answer is going to be different and kind of customized to every individual, as is, you know, how much money should be in each of these worlds, because the banking world gives you safety. The, the insurance world can give you some uh, predictability, but the Wall Street world gives you the most opportunity for gain and for, you know, increase in your current status. So how do you help people kind of, you know, you can't get all three of those benefits in just one of these worlds. You, you have to utilize each of them. How do you pe- help people determine what's the, the right amount to have in each of these and how to use them? Well, Walter, I mean, really what you what you got to do is you have to kind of start with what are your goals and, and, and what and what resources do you have? And so then you, you you go about building a plan that is going to proportion, you know, the, the monies, you know, to the to the right places. And, and again, it's not going to be, the you know, one size fits all. There's never a one size fits all that that's going to fit exactly right to everybody. So everybody's going to have their own mix and, you know, what, what's what's going to be the right fit for them. You know, particularly when you start looking at, um, you know, when you're in retirement, you need to start th- thinking more in terms of your, your income, you know, your retirement income plan. And for somebody who has a pension or possibly, you know, you might even have, you know, both people in a couple, they, they, they might both have pensions. Well, you know, they're going to be in a significantly different situation if they've got two pensions coming into the household and they also have Social Security versus, you know, a, a household that only has Social Security in terms of that, you know, that monthly regular, you know, known, you know, guaranteed income. And so that's that, you know, they're going to have to maybe evaluate is, is there is there a, is there a gap there that we need to fill with some reliable income? And maybe, you know, maybe the answer to that is yes. And maybe that's something that, that they haven't quite looked at yet. But really, when you come to, you know, comes down to it, you've got to really look at a one on one situation where where, you know, what's your comfort level? You know, where where are you in, you know, in, in life and, and, you know, what's what's the right allocation? One thing to think about is, is that, you know, typically, you know, a lot of folks think in terms of, hey, you know, well, the, the, the markets have treated me well over time. I've put money in and I've saved and saved and saved. And that's great. And, and the markets can be a very, um, very, very good accumulation vehicle. The challenge is, is that once you reach retirement, um, as a distribution vehicle, it can be very difficult because of the volatility when it goes up and down. You know, when years pass, when you're when you're putting money away and you're saving and you're able to dollar cost average or when the market goes down, you're able to buy more shares at lower prices. 
that whole dynamic changes when you move into retirement and there's no more new money going in. And, and the only thing that's going to happen with those accounts as far as money going in and money coming out is that money will start coming out for income. And then all of a sudden, when, when, when markets or the value of your accounts go down, now you're going to have to sell more shares at lower prices. And it's really a double-edged sword. And that's, that's something that a lot of folks don't think about and really need to because when you reach a different you know, phase of life, you know, your, your account, you need to have accounts that are going to serve you and where you are at, at that point in, in time in life. And sometimes, the, you know, they, they, they're going to change. Obviously, when, when you go to distribution versus accumulation, it's like apples and oranges. So interesting to see those different moving parts and how it all fits together. And Glenn, I know this is something you do to walk people through, uh, you know, each and every day, helping them determine the best ways to invest, to save, to plan for their financial future. What would you suggest as being the best first step for somebody to take? Is there some sort of uh, analysis or, or planning that they can do if they aren't quite sure exactly what that right mix is of, you know, the banking world and the insurance world and the Wall Street? Street world. How, how can you help people today walk through answering that question of what the right mix is to have in their portfolio? Well, I think, you know, one number one thing is to is to kind of take an inventory and, you know, and, and make sure you know what you have. I mean, a lot of times folks, they might have an account that, that, that was left at an old, you know, an old job or they kind of like almost forgot about it and it, it's sitting over there and it might be invested or not. And and um, really what you, you know, what you want to do is just kind of get together with your partner and, and you know, take inventory. You know, what do we have and, and how is it positioned and, and what do we need these accounts to be doing? And, and, and then once you, once you kind of, you know, started to be, begin to think in those terms, if you hadn't already, then you want to, you know, sit down with somebody who's independent and who has, you know, who has experience in, in working and building retirement income plans. Because when you're when you're looking at retirement and transitioning into retirement or actually in retirement, you know, I've seen folks where they're actually they've been retired for several years and they don't really have an income plan. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's a key piece of the puzzle. And we've got to make sure that 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 is in place. And so I would say, you know, first thing is, is after you get everything together schedule some time and, and get together with you know with with an independent advisor who you, you know will be have your best interest at heart you know that they're a fiduciary and you know that um, that you can sit down and, and talk with them and and then and you're, there's not going to be a pressure situation and from there you can begin to build some rapport and see if that if that's going to be the right person to work with or not and and um, you know they're going to be interviewing you and you're going to be interviewing them to, to see if it's a good fit and to see if you know if you both feel like it, it can be a, a good relationship where you know you you can you can make put yourself in a much better place and and know where you're going and have have a uh, reliable retirement plan. Well, if you'd like to sit down and have a talk with Glenn Mosseller and the team at Roadmap Financial Consulting in Greensboro, they have an office on Mears Chapel Road, and you can schedule a time to meet from your phone, from your smartphone, from your uh, desktop computer. All you have to do is go to greensbororetirement.com, greensbororetirement.com. You may already be there if you're listening to the podcast on the website, greensbororetirement.com. And right there at the bottom of the page, you're going to see a little red button that says free consultation. Just click on that button, and then right there from your phone or from your computer, you can schedule it digitally. Just click here to schedule is what it'll say, or you can just go ahead and, and give a call at the number that's listed there as well. Those are the easy ways to set up that time to meet with Glenn Mosseller and his team. At the bottom 
bottomofgreensbororetirement.com. You'll see right there a free consultation button. Just click that and schedule your time to meet. If you would like to just pick up the phone and call Glenn at your convenience, you can do that as well. 336-291-3535 is the number. 336-291-3535. It's a great breakdown of the three worlds of money, and uh, hopefully that was helpful for you on today's show. One more time, a chance to remind you to go to GreensboroRetirement.com and click on free consultation at the bottom if you'd like to come in and meet with Glenn. Thanks for listening to the show today, and we'll talk to you on the next Retirement Roadmap Podcast.